This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. fans what's going on it's aiden and Oren. we're now roommates we did it what's up we're live from aiden moss's weird glass room i don't know how to describe it it's also Oren's bedroom you don't want to see what he's sleeping on right now we are in victoria bc no that makes it sound like i i'm a i'm a rat it's actually quite nice well it's a couch. aiden has a beautiful house uh and this is a beautiful city and I'm very happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. And we're happy to have the Toronto Raptors in town as well. I don't know what I was expecting, but there is like a thousand staff and players and coaches. Like, it's the real deal. They have like, it's like. Uh, we were just at practice. Oh, yeah. And sorry. we're going to talk about ahead of being at practice and the interviews we did and what we saw when we. Yeah. We're going to start with what we saw. You know, they don't let us watch practice because they're mean, but they let us watch the end, which is just players kind of shooting around and yeah. having fun. So continue. Sorry. I was just going to say, it makes reminds me of, like, those rib, like, shows that go on the road. You know those? They're, like, they go to, like, Mississauga. They're, the one came here. It's, like, big trucks, like, semi-trucks with ribs and shit. Anyway, it was, like, a whole, like, rodeo show coming into town. So that was pretty cool. Yeah um tons of people tons of 20 players is is kind of like as a coach imagine like you go into training camp unprepared as a coach and there's 20 guys vying for 15 spots yeah that's just such a overwhelming it was like an overwhelming feeling to see all those guys in the gym because even usually like as media you go in and there's 15 guys and fewer coaches because of that right so this and usually also in Toronto, they have like three courts side by side. So and this is just, out. yeah. So this is, everyone is on the one court at the University of Victoria. So yeah, Carsa it's called, which is also, no, I'm not going to go there. Character from Fantasy Book. Um, yeah, it was, and I was also thinking about the dynamics too. Cause like on the one hand you have Freddie and Pascal who have been training camp like X number of times, whatever. But then you have guys on the other end who's like, this is literally a tryout, you right. know? And so, like, you can imagine the feeling, like, the nervousness, I guess, of, like, you know, we nurse spoke, Nick Nurse spoke first today, and he immediately talked about guys who looked good, it's like Delano Banton, for example, Juancho Hernan Gomez is another guy. It's like, that's important for them. It's not just, like, an offside con or, like, a random comment, like, they're trying out for the team. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, did any did anything stand out watching these guys shoot at the end of practice to you? Well, I'm like, I'm torn. I really have an infatuation with Josh Jackson. I think 
you realize you're a basketball like loser when like you're really worried about the 15th guy on the team. But the Wancho Josh Jackson like competition is that the battle? I think it is kind of. Mm -hmm. I think it's Delano Champagny and then one of those two guys. And Josh, I'm sorry, Josh, but he missed every shot I saw. Mm -hmm. Not and you know, I was looking at his stats yesterday. He's like career like sub twenty five percent shooter, I think, or like around that ballpark. If he's going to make this team, and like contrast to Wancho, who's like you know somewhere in the thirties, like if he's going to make this team, he's got to be hitting basically everything. I think. Yeah, you know, it's the FIBA side of this is interesting to me because like. Wancho and any and and Delano and like guys who actually played competitive basketball. Like we can talk about Rico Hines runs all we want, which we did. But like guys who played competitive refereed basketball this summer, yeah, do have an advantage. Like Nick Nurse talked about Delano coming in and being a step ahead of everyone fitness wise and rhythm wise, yeah, because of the America. I think Wancho has a similar, like, he, like, yeah, well, he has a similar the roof right now. Ego, but also the shooting stroke probably is just, like, good right now. Yeah. Because he's actually been getting game reps, whereas Josh Jackson, like, has just been playing scrimmages. True. Yeah. It was funny. So, just for the record, this is my first, like, journalist scrum experience as, in, like, a media. So, the, it was, it's all new and exciting to me. But it was funny, like, uh, uh, Michael Granger asked about like um, the Rico Hines run to Thaddeus Young. He's like, were you yeah. were you at the Rico Hines runs? Like, yeah, it's just kind of funny. No, I liked his answer too. He was like, I played twice and then I pulled the back card. Yeah, and I got He's out. Like, uh, 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 yeah. And then they were like, how much can you reasonably get out of that at your yeah. old golden age? Yeah, diminishing returns is how Grange uh, put it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Were you surprised? Does it mean anything to you that what he said about Delano today? Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read some quotes as we do this here, because I, I I mean just the ones that really stand out. But this is what um, Nick Nurse said about Delano was basically where where is it? I'm I'm unprepared. Basically, he said he was one of the best players. Yeah, he said he, yeah. I he's... think he said he was about as good as anyone out there today. Yeah, which is. Uh... Nick Nurse, another thing, he's very good at saying everything. He would never say that about Malachi. Yeah, well, man. He would never say that. Well, someone mentioned, like, yesterday in the media day, like, Malachi was not mentioned as a name. Neither was Gary Trent Jr., really. True. Yeah. But, well, uh, it's true. If you really pay attention to Raptors pressers, you know the favorite. Yeah. Like, it's just human nature. You can't hide it. Like, you can't, as much as you try to be diplomatic, you can't fully hide your biases. And Nick's, like, the lotto bias did come out today. Yeah. yeah he likes them a lot, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I was just going to say, like, Nurse is really good at saying nothing and everything at the exact same time. Like, you're like you're caught to every word he's saying, but then you come out of it being like, I don't know that I know any more than he said before. But, but he did – yeah, he did say that Delano had, like, the best practice out of basically everybody. He also said Wancho did, too. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, yeah, which kind of attests to what you're saying. Like, they come in right. loose, ready to go. Confidence is high. Banton now has been on two separate teams in two separate situations as the focal point of the team in Summer League and America. Yeah. So he's, like, really gotten a lot of real game reps. And Wancho's MVP of the Euro Cup in the finals, not not of overall. Like, 
So yeah, I think they definitely have a leg up. I'm I'm worried for Josh Jackson. Someone mentioned here like <laughs> Wancho has a guaranteed contract, so he has that leg up. Um yeah, but I really would like to see Jackson like have a good showing. Yeah. I guess I guess like I I find significance in the fact that like they made Delano the head of the snake in summer league and then also at the America Cup. Like the Raptors wouldn't they didn't have to do that. Yeah. And like it just shows that like they're really invested in him. That's true. The bias really does stand out. If like they they take a Raptors assistant coach for <laughs> shout out to for, Nathaniel Mitchell and yeah. Oakwood man. We went to high school together. Did you? Yeah. Does he know you? Mitchell. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So does that give you like an inside track? He's like the one guy I am cool with. On really? The staff. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, it, did you see him today? Yeah, but you didn't call around. No. Oh. Yeah. Maybe we can go for beers with him later. That'd be cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So they you're like a concerted effort with a Raptors assistant coach. Delano is like the focal point of the team. <clears throat> so yeah, to your point, there certainly seems to be like favoritism going on here. But, yeah. I mean, they did the same thing with Flynn last year in Summer League. Like, they made him the main guy. You're right. Like, Flynn's gotten his chances, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I'm not here to say, like, anything else. I think the other thing, if you're ready to move on. Yes. That I'm seeing go viral on Twitter is, I mean, at least, like, I can only know my timeline. I tweeted a quote about Nurse saying, uh, like, Fred VanVleet will be off ball more. And, said that again today. Yeah, they, yeah, it was yeah. that quote from today, and and it kind of went viral. And I have seen people be like, "This is going to change the offense so much." And I think like we need to push back on that because like they put him off ball a lot last year, and especially in the playoffs, he was primarily off ball. So like it's not like we haven't seen this, but that's kind of what Nick said. He said something to the tune of like what we learned with Scotty and Pascal. And OG handling it more. Okay. Well, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably I want to, I want to talk about probably that. OG. I know, but I want to talk about uh, that. Yeah. He said, we, we learned that, yeah, we can get Fred and Gary off ball more for catch and shoot looks. So the internet's kind of exploding about that. But I just think that is more of the same of like what we have seen throughout most of Fred's career. There were times last season where it was heavily ball dominant, but I think anyone paying a lot of attention knows that came out of necessity rather than like the game plan being like Fred, a hundred pick and rolls, you know? So yeah, I just don't really understand why people are freaking out, I guess. Well, and well, part and part of it too is like Grange pushed back being like, well, is Freddie going to even accept this? Like yeah. it's one thing to, and nurse said that too, is like, it's one thing to talk all about this in theory in the office at the pressers, it's another in practice when, or in the game, when like everything's on the line and, you know, you go to path of least resistance, <laughs> um, which is, which is Freddie uh, on the ball. Um, I mean, I think people are freaking out because it's indicative of two things. One, again, like Pascal is the, the motor of this offense. And two, it means that Scotty's going to get more looks, I think, carrying the ball. Because you can't just have Pascal bringing the ball up all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, I think we all know that that's an inevitability, but we don't really know what's going to happen. And so when you get these little, like, breadcrumbs of information, 
it's suggesting that like Scotty's going to play a bigger role. And Masai talked about that yesterday in the, in media day too. Um, so I don't know. I think people are just excited by it that it's confirmed. Yeah. And OG, did you want to talk? Well, about yeah. That? So we asked the question and then he, he said for uh, Scotty, like with Freddie off, off ball, he's like, yeah, Pascal's going to get more reps with the ball. Scotty's going to get more reps with the ball. And then he's like, Oh yeah. And OG possibly. Yeah. Like he could have said, and Gary possibly. He could have said pressures them possibly, but he said specifically OG, which I think is interesting. Like, even if I anticipated OG getting more reps and touches, I wouldn't have thought of him being the guy bringing the ball up. I mean, maybe he just said that. I don't know, but like it is kind of interesting. I think if you a look at like OG's career, he's been asking to do that more. Like there was like this quote that blew up out of Nick Nurse's book where. OG went up to Nick and was like, he's still doing it because Fred wouldn't let him bring up the ball. He kept demanding it. Oh, really? Yeah. And he just went up to Nick in a hotel lobby and just said, he's still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also think based on what we saw in the playoffs, it makes sense. Like OG on ball, they need to develop that side of him more. He was one of their best players in the playoffs creating stuff. And... It's also just, like, I respect the Raptors because they've always done things based on, like, a hierarchy, like a like an earned hierarchy based on the years you put in and stuff. And maybe Scotty is an exception, but, like, OG should be above Gary in the pecking order of, like, even if Gary's numbers are better, because they are, like, in isolations and in pick and rolls, like, OG deserves those reps just because, I mean, A, he's a better two-way player, and B he has been there longer and just like slowly has has earned more and more reps with the ball well he also og has to me one of the higher ceilings on the team like the the chance of him getting there is probably not that high for sure his ceiling's higher than gary yeah exactly and his ceiling on like imprint on the game whereas like i wrote about this like gary's isolation numbers are really good but it doesn't really impact the players on the court like he just he hits his jumpers and they go in or they go out. Whereas I think if OG starts becoming the high volume scorer he could be, it's going to like really disrupt defenses and cause a lot of problems. And so I think like honing OG's abilities is really important for that reason. Yeah. Like I don't know if Gary's ever going to be like a guy you double team right. a whole lot. Right. You're just going to live with, You're gonna like, live with jump shots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The other thing I wanted to talk about OG was. Nick, I thought there was two interesting quotes in all of Media Day. It was not a very interesting, like it was a whole lot of answers that didn't mean anything at Media Day. Yeah. Um, I thought one was Fred saying, like, like there was a question about basically like you're old and the team's young. How do you justify this? And Fred had a really good answer was like, I might be old in your eyes, but A, I'm like young in like years. And B... I'm I'm young in this role as the leader of this team and as a point guard, the lone point guard in the backcourt, and I'm happy to grow with this team is basically what he said. So I really like that quote. And the other one was Nick Nurse said, like, the most underrated part of Fred is how he defends the pick and roll, the other team's ball handler in the right. pick and roll. And he basically was saying that in response to, like, I can't take him off the court because no one else does it when I take him off the court. I've always felt like OG is the best, like Trey Young defender, as as an example of like a quick pick and roll point guard. Yeah. So why doesn't why isn't that the solution? Stagger their minutes, 
and if if you're so worried about the pick and roll, have OG defend the ball handler. Yeah, I I totally agree. Or and I think I think they'll want Banton to do that too. And I think Banton could probably like um, salvage that. But yeah, I think he can do that, Banton. But he can't maybe stay on the floor offensively. Well, and that's the kind of the problem. I yeah. Think. I mean, it, yeah, it, it probably depends on the, the, the players you're playing only or the teams you're playing only because OG is also best suited to guard the best wing player on the team, too. Um, so if you shift yeah. the ball of attack, then you're kind of you're risking yeah. him not being there for uh, and the best centers like that. That's why he hasn't done it a lot. But I think now you have Precious and you have Scotty. Yeah, you just have more guys to do those jobs. I really. Uh, I really like the the first quote about the the age thing because it is really interesting, yeah. and I'm I'm writing about this for tomorrow about like we now have two veterans in Thaddeus Young and Otto Porter Jr. and I found it kind of funny calling Otto Porter Jr. a veteran too because he's not that old either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we got dogs oh, coming we got in. dog visits. Here we go. Let's go. Um, What's up, doggies? Um, I should close that back door. Let's yeah. Go. Let's get out we'll of here. We'll shoe them out while I talk. But yeah, so I think Freddie, like last year, last year Freddie and Pascal like take over the reins of this team, and they're they're kids virtually, right? Like they're young in this role, and so it's going to be interesting. Or like I think when people talk about Pascal and Freddie not fitting our timeline because of guys like Scotty, it's like a misnomer because. Someone tweeted yesterday that Kyle Lowry won his first or got his first All Star. I think the same age as Freddie this year. Is that right? I think that was right. So it's like they're still young as players. They're still young in these vet- this veteran leadership role. So that's why I've always disagreed with the idea that a it's not the same timeline for them, Scotty, and b that we've hit some kind of like plateau or ceiling with these guys. It's like they're really actually just yeah. entering. Their prime as players, as men, as like athletes, like all of those mm-hmm. things. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that was an interesting quote yesterday from him. Yeah, that's always pissed me off because, I mean, like every championship team has had a wild mix of ages. But the only way that I understand that line of thinking where like everyone has to be on the same team is when the older guys get frustrated at the like lack of patience. They, you know, like that's when I understand it. Like, okay, you might need to get out ahead of trading Shea Gillis Alexander if he's going to eventually demand a trade because you haven't put anything around him. Yeah. But this is different. This is like, first of all, Fred is like clearly saying, like, I'm happy to like build this together. And yeah, it's just a different circumstance. Which is like, important because he's not resigned. Yeah. I'm not too worried about him. No, yeah, but it is important. But yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's it's like the character of your guys. It's like, are they willing to wait, the older guys? And if they are, then it doesn't really matter if they're a few years older. I agree, and I think they, well, they also recognize that Scotty is potentially like a superstar, and yeah. so I think it would be different right. if this. The grass is not always greener. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think they know that they have a lot of room to grow themselves, but as a team. Um, and I was going to say something else, but I can't remember now. Nice. Yeah. Should we move on to the depth or you want to talk the vet vets? 
kind of the same thing. Yeah, we touched on the vets a little bit. So, the, so the, at the presser today, for those who didn't see it, it was Nick Nurse, then it was Thaddeus Young, then it was Otto Porter Jr. So, you know, three of the older, like, present the people of on the team, right? So, the, yeah, I guess Thad's not that much younger than Nick. No, how old is Nick? Uh, early forties. Yeah, that's what I would think. He, yeah, he looked, yeah, and Thad's. That's 35. Something like that. Let's say that. Let's say I think that. he's 88, 1988. So he's 34, maybe. Anyway, so the, the theme, the theme was like veteran leadership. And I I think I think that like so that was something that we lacked last year. And going back to what Freddie was saying about being young, like we basically had Freddie and Pascal being the leaders of a team that was like you know, shedding their old self with Kyle Lowry and Ibaka and everybody else and starting anew and starting fresh. And I think that's difficult for a team to kind of find their bearings on who they are and their identity and then to step into that role as a leader when previously you weren't exactly the voice in the room, you kind of were. Um, and and then on top of that, you don't necessarily have the lived experience that a lot of veterans have, like, bring to the locker room. So now you've got Thad, who's been around the world, uh, around the league and you have Otto, who's a champion um recently so i think i think that's a, like an under, underrated uh acquisition having both of those guys just like in and around the team yeah in hindsight it's crazy that they went into last season with no totally. one older than for i guess goron that's actually why they at least the way they said it they wanted to keep goron in that trade and not like wave him or anything was because the veteran leadership. That's mostly what they talked about. And then he was just like, I'm not, he's just an asshole, basically. He was just like, I'm not going to lead if you don't start me, you know? So anyways, that didn't work out. But it it is wild in hindsight that they had, for most of last season, Fred was the only, like, older, like, Pascal too. But, you know, Pascal's not really, like, a, a very vocal leader. So. Yeah, we we talked about this earlier. The Rico Hines run, they, they, Rico goes to Pascal and everybody knows Pascal does like is shy, right? Like it's all like a big joke and Pascal barely says anything. He's like, gets all like awkward and and nervous. And so like you, you do wonder, and there are those guys, like I've heard Al Horford's kind of like that where like, he doesn't really say much. Like Mm -hmm. his presence is more like from a, like like an action perspective. I don't know. I'm sure Freddie's pretty vocal, but yeah. And I was trying to get to this today when I was asking that and Otto, like, what are their styles? Because I think there still could be like a, a prominent like veteran voice for this team that would be really important, yeah, beneficial. Yeah, I wanted to talk about like the depth because everyone's saying like this is the deepest team in many years, maybe since the championship team for the Raptors, and. I just remember last year we like went into the someone asked Nick at the beginning of last year, like, how do you feel about the depth? And he's like, oh, way better than last season. Talking about the Tampa season. So sure. But it was also like clearly not good enough to play more than seven guys for him. So I don't take like that at face value with him just being like the depth is great. And it's not like he said that anyway. He was saying, though, like in the modern NBA Today, he was saying, like, you need, like, you don't need nine guys anymore. You need, like, 13 to yeah. play because of injuries and whatever, whatnot. Yeah, what? Why? 
I think because so many more guys get injured is the main thing. And maybe just because you play so many games, like some guys need rest days and stuff like that, and you travel so much. I kind of took it the opposite way in that, like, there's so much skill in the league that you almost, Mm. like, so many guys need minutes to kind of, like, prove themselves or hone their skills. Oh, I thought you were going to say there's so much skill that you need different guys to go against different Well, there's that too. But the way he phrased it to me, I thought he was talking about, like, yeah, like Banton needs minutes. It, like I, I can't not play him because he needs to. Play. Good. Yeah. Well, because he's the potential to be very, to yeah. be like an effective player. But like, yeah. Whereas in the old NBA, it's just like you don't get minutes until you prove yourself in practice when you're actually like legit. Yeah. You know, like there was, yeah, more structure. I guess just like let's talk about the depth though, because like okay, let's talk about how that. good is the Raptors depth on a scale of one to ten? Well, because. Like, yeah. we're talking about it like we're, we're talking about the Clippers or the Pelicans, and it's not on that level, in my opinion. Well, so, <clears throat> who's your starting five? Because we what? no one asked Nurse that today, which we were talking about. Yeah, or yeah, or on media day, which is frustrating. I guess we might have to do it. Our one it should question, be our jobs. Yeah, but... we get one question in the scrub. Like, yeah. I'm, we're not going to burn it on the one that he's probably going to I'll, I'll do it by the end of the week if no one does. I'll make that promise right here. Okay. But, um, our first. Regardless of the starting five, like let's just say it's the same starting five as last year, and then you have. So that's your that's who you're choosing. No. Who are you choosing? Precious. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Okay, and then we got Gary. Um. Thad. Boucher. Okay. Thad Otto, are are the nine for sure? That's like that's like a playoff nine. Yeah. Like right now, you could run that in the in the playoffs. And then after that, you got Kem, Malachi, Delano, and maybe Justin Champagne, I would say, are the top 13. I think early, Wancho. I think early on, you're going to see Wancho play, like the ways they try to get Spee involved to see, like, yeah, is this a, is this a trade deadline guy or is this a, like um, a guy who can have an impact? So what would you rate that out of 10? Well... The only reason why I would rank it lower is what I wrote about the other day for Raptors Republic is that there's no guards on that that bench like that, Gary, you, trust. that you really trust. Like Gary's Gary's not a ball handling guard in the in the, the the sense I'm talking about. I think Malachi showed before he hurt his hamstring last year that he he could be that guy, especially in the regular season. Um, so I'm a little bit hopeful for him, but but. Assuming him and D- and Banton are unproven, like the the depth again for the playoffs is good because you like we're fine. Right. Um, but I, that's the one place we're kind of lacking: shooting and ball handling. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the playoffs, I think like that's the point: is that there could be great depth on this team, but it is still a question as of right now. There's just too many questions in those people I named. Malachi is a big question. We've seen it in really small. Sc- spurts but never like over the course of a long period of time yeah Delano we've never really seen in like a bigger role have success in the NBA Trent I think comes and goes at least last season like him and Precious I should be fair (laughs) him and Precious come and go some games they're going to be good some games you're literally not going to know they played I think we're counting Precious as a as a for sure for sure a little too much now I just think his trajectory compared to Trent's is like so much like on the 
Yeah, but you, you compared to Trent last season, but hundred percent. But you see on those trajectories very quickly it plateaus for for a period of time, right? Yeah, like it can. Yeah. So I think I'm just saying, like when we're talking about him and his contributions, I think we're giving him almost too much credit now. I'm hopeful. Oh, for him. oh I am for sure. Yeah, for yeah. Him. Ready to suck. Yeah, I'm buying. I'm buying in. I'm buying his stock and Alano stock. If if I can buy two young player stocks, who are you buying? Scotty doesn't count off. We talked about this. I'm buying Champagne stock. I like that. I like is yeah. I, I like him too. But the problem for him is that Otto Porter Jr. just took his his minutes. <laughs> like they're kind of similar players in a lot of ways. Champagne's more athletic. Yeah, It'll be true. interesting to see if Champagne develops any kind of ball handling or creation. Um, but I, I think he sticks somewhere if it's not the Raptors. Yeah. And then who who's your second? Oh, um, you could take Josh Jackson. <laughs> I, I think Flynn's going to, I think Flynn's going to prove himself. Yeah. I think I, like he still might get traded, but I think he's going to play it. Like if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to give us good minutes. I kind of agree. Like I said this, I was talking to on Will Lou show. Like if, if I had to pick a point guard for next season to get more minutes, it would be Malachi. Long term, I like Delano, but he is raw. Like he I'm is a little worried about Delano. He's right? much more raw. You want to talk about Delano? I he just he's giving me Michael Carter Williams vibes. What do you expand on that? You well, it, like great up and down guy in transition, particularly has has a, a nose to pass the ball, which Michael Carter Williams was really good at. One rookie of the year, mm-hmm. but just like in the half court, is like Alfred Payton, same kind of thing. In the half court is a dud. Can't shoot. He's his shooting is coming along. I'll give mm-hmm. him that. But I'm just really worried that if he can't if he can't attack guys in like from a still position, he's gonna have a lot of trouble. Yeah, he needs to either improve a lot as a shooter, which like I was saying how his shooting got a lot better, but like I did not believe in it at all coming into him being drafted, and I still don't really like completely believe in it i more so believe in because i think it's either shooting or like pick and roll and like face up and like posting up smaller guards and just like finding other ways to attack in the half court and that stuff i'm actually really confident in because the face up game has gotten a lot better his ball handling has gotten a lot better in a short period of time and and i think he's a different level of passer than michael carter williams honestly so yeah well yeah the, I mean, you did see in summer league he was way more confident face up dribbling. Yeah, which is which is important. And my thing with Delano has always been the passing. It's like we haven't really seen it in a Raptors uniform because the ball handling is so bad, and so the pressure gets to him. But like you saw it in college a lot more. Like he is a pretty insane court visionist. He knows where every guy is at all times, and he can make every pass because of his size. So. I think that's the underrated part of his game. Well, even in his turnovers, you see it. I, I was saying, yeah. like, people aren't ready for the ball. Exactly. All the time. It's like he's seeing a pass in a different dimension, and yeah. it's it's wrong. Like, it's wrong ultimately because it's a turnover, but it's right in the fact that he saw something that was there that didn't actually manifest. Yeah. His, you know. Like, Christian Coloco in Summer League dropped like nine of his passes. Just yeah. not like expecting the ball at all. Yeah. So I don't know. I like I I really hope he succeeds, but I'm just a little bit hesitant to like to vest my start backup guard into Delano Benton. And then the other thing I wanted to say about the depth is like 
Otto and Thad, one has a long injury history and the other has is just older. And we saw him lose a step last season. So as as that's the other question when it comes to like the depth being really good is like maybe the young guys do take a step and they prove to be worthy and and reliable, but maybe those guys are now not as spry or not as injury proof as we hope. So I guess that's why I have questions. Yeah, we talked about this on the drive home. Like Otto Porter Jr. for the last two years before Golden State was riddled with injuries. Like he barely played. Mm-hmm. And when he did play, he barely moved. And I I would be interested to know, and I didn't want to use my one question on this, but what changed in his like how he approached the game so that he could get healthy. And whatever, I'm just worried that, like, maybe yet last year was an anomaly and this year we could be, you know, betrayed by that. I think the other thing about him is he's a great player. He's one of those guys that, like, if kind of like Utah Watanabe, where, like, I think when he's surrounded by really good players, he boosts the whole of the team. But when he's playing with lesser players, he's kind of like a non-existent dude. And so I don't know if, if... him coming off the bench is necessarily the best thing. Like he might be better served playing beside Pascal and, and Freddie. That's a good point. But I actually think Thad and I've kind of talked about this on our shows, but I think Thad will be that facilitator in those like bench every minutes. Yeah. And he, him and Otto and Boucher, I really like that threesome. Cause Boucher is the rim runner Thad's the organizer, and then Otto is the spot-up shooter. Say it one more time. Thad is the facilitator. Yeah. Boucher is the rim runner. Yeah. And then Otto is the spot-up shooter. Yeah. And I think I think Scotty will probably I like I yeah, it'll I be think with one of the I think their backup guard will be Scotty. Like I feel like he'll play second unit as kind of the like ball handler. Unless uh, Gary. Comes off the bench. Well, I think the two of them will play together. Like that's a great lineup. When I was writing, it's a lot of size with that smaller backcourt. Yeah, it's great. I was saying like if you Trent should be six man, and with him, I actually had Thad in the starting lineup, and then I think it should be Gary, Precious, Boucher, Otto, and then you throw in uh, one of the starters. I just want a center in there. That is a center. No, Thad, Thad can't guard and beat as well as Precious can guard and beat. Yeah, maybe. Or switch as well as Precious can switch. Like, Thad gets beaten on switches by guards a lot, and they like to switch. Like That's true. I, I don't think – and also I don't think Thad can handle, like, starter minutes. Well, but you don't need to be starter minutes. I mean, the whole the, – the thing about, like, this discussion is more about, like, uh, balancing lineups – like, yeah, but know. the only reason it makes sense to me to change the starting lineup is if you're getting like a big in there, like a like a precious I or one day Coloco maybe, but obviously not yet. I just think that there's like with touches and usage, precious and Gary need like more room to breathe. And if you put yeah, precious as the fifth guy, Katie at you, huh? what's that? Precious Katie. Yeah, exactly. He needs yeah. to. He needs to feast. He does need. And if you put him on the starting lineup, he's the fifth option. And I, and I would be mad at Precious. Like, stop taking the ball. Give it to our four other guys who can do more than you. So I just kind of think he makes more sense off the bench. To give Thad, like, the nominal five, six minutes starting lineup, depending who you're playing. That's the thing about the Raptors. 
Um, by the way, did you tweet this? Yeah. Zarar, now that we know that as facilitator too. is wild. No, he's he's a good. He's a hub. Not a not a yeah, like not like a ball handling facilitator, but like a Marcus Gasol type of facilitator. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Elbow guy. Yeah. Literal elbows at the elbow. Yeah. Him and Boucher have like a really great dynamic. Yeah. Um. Any other topics you wanted to get to? Um. Do we cover everything? Vibes. What were your vibes of the bliss? That's what I was gonna ask you. I mean, I have, I have an answer if you don't. Yeah, you start. Well, I. Act, what like, were your impressions too of just like your first time there? I mean. I don't get excited about a lot of things and I f- was exhilarated the entire time. I came home like talking to my girlfriend like a mile a minute. Pro- pro- part of it was the coffee, but like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. You have like, you got Jonesy and Devlin walking behind you. Like just, by the way, Devlin w- walks around like he's godfather of like media. He just like, he's not even, he's not even listening really. He's just kind of waltzing around doing his thing. Yeah. And he, I mean, you like, you get to see all the writers you read. Um, you see the size of like the NBA players and like the number of coaches and development coaches that are around doing things like, I don't know, the whole like specter of it was just like awe-inspiring, I guess, or awing. Yeah. But the vibe, which is also what I'm going to talk about in my piece today is confidence. Like there feels like, I feel like this team really kind of has expectations. Like, the fact that that and Otto are there, um, the fact that Nurse is talking about depth, like I, I think they expect to turn a corner this year uh, more than most would anticipate. Definitely more than people around the NBA anticipate, yeah. I think the other thing with Vibes is like, I think it was the same way last year, but like they, I think they're very like intel- intentional and smart about like the way that they construct like, just a, a family atmosphere and like guys that get along in who they draft and, and like, and then how they bring them together. And like Thad and Otto is a great example. Cause I didn't know they were like best friends and yeah. they are, they're just like Thad was saying that he's one of his best friends in the league is yeah. Otto Porter and they played together in Chicago. Chicago. So yeah. Yeah. Like that those was two was a good example of, of just like the friendships on that team. And then, Delano and Justin Champagny, those guys are really close. You can tell, like, watching the, the open gym stuff and all that kind of stuff. We got Wancho and Scalario, like, connection, too. I don't think he's here anymore. No, no, I know, but, like, yeah, yeah. He, he gave Toronto, like, a thumbs right, up. Like, right. obviously, there's, like, an intermediary thing going on there where it's like, yeah. yo, Wancho's cool. Yo, Toronto's cool. You guys should hook up. For sure, way. for sure. Like, yeah, exactly. They definitely seeked out. Yeah, you don't think about it on that perspective. You just think like Otto and Wancho, like who did you ask about Toronto? But you're right that like Toronto also did their due diligence and were like asking about these players and like are they the type of guys we want to bring in? Yeah. And yeah, that's just felt in the gym like they're a group that really gets along. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was great. I think that's a good place to leave it off. Yeah, I think so too. Um we're going to post this on the podcast network. So if you're listening as a podcast member, uh, thank you. If you're listening on YouTube, thank you. And we're going to do this every, every day. Every day. So tomorrow, every day for the next at least three days. Tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. I don't think we'll do a post-game 
Friday night, probably not. Yeah, it's we'll probably go out. And, well, maybe we can. We won't. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, no see. promises. Maybe definitely. the six pack at the beach. Definitely no promises, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, cool. Well, thanks for joining, everybody. Uh, I'm sure, like, do you have anything going out? I just wrote something for Yahoo. It'll either go out today or tomorrow night. It's about not on-court stuff at all. It's about what the Raptors spent their off-seasons doing, uh, which I think is kind of cool because we don't really talk about that stuff a lot. Um, I'm not doing a good job selling this piece, but it, it's kind of about how there was a little lot of, like, tumultuous drama around the NBA um, and the only news coming out of Raptor land was positive and I just kind of wanted to highlight the things that these guys did in their communities this offseason love that um, cool yeah I, I, I'll, I'll write about a little bit of what I felt today and put that on Raptors Republic for tomorrow morning do you want to field some questions or not yeah we can does anybody have questions other than how tall I am I'm 5'12". He's 5'12". Oh, that's what that's what prompted my thought process. Was, any questions Any questions about, like, uh, maybe, like, what it's like in there? I don't know. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, but also, like, think about questions. We'll be back tomorrow. We might have less stuff yeah. to talk about in the coming days. True. You know? True. So let's, let's get out of here, I think. Okay. All right. We're not... Save your questions. Come yeah. back tomorrow. We'd love to have you. Uh, this is pretty fun. Yeah, this was great. All okay. right. Bye. Peace.